How's it going, folks? Thursday night, 8 p.m. It's your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, and we are back with the guys tonight to talk all kinds of stuff, including we got SummerSlam weekend going down in Detroit. We have ESPN dropping a very interesting list of their alleged best 30 wrestlers under the age of 30. So I want to take a look at that and see what's going on there. And there's a show in Wembley happening in less than a month. And we really don't know a lot about it. So what's up with that? We're going to talk about all that and who knows what else, folks. Stick with your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast for the next hour. And we'll be with you in a second. it going everyone good to be with you on this thursday night i've been gone for two weeks so i'm glad to be back here with the guys i got silly sellers to my left i got the giant crab jabal to my right how's it going gentlemen it's been a bit since i've seen both of you yeah man how you been hanging in there you know we're, we're in that home stretch of these last few weeks of summer before school starts so if you're right if you're corner. in a home like i am where there's a kid involved Time's a ticking to get stuff done and get trips done. So that's all that's going on. Getting in the final trips while we can before summer is up. Sellis kind of knows what that's like. He's got stuff coming up on his plate very soon, too. Absolutely. Got text messages going about it right now. (laughs) There you go. Busy, busy, busy as we are in August and heading into a final, I guess, weeks of summer with a lot of big events happening in wrestling. And we're going to talk about that tonight because – we got a big weekend this weekend. We got a big event at the end of the month. That's kind of a question mark that we're going to get to at the end of the show and a whole bunch of other stuff. So we're glad to hear with us, folks. Your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast every Thursday night, 8 p.m. streaming on all kinds of platforms. So glad to have you here with us. And we're going to kick things off with the show of the weekend. It's going down in Detroit, SummerSlam, this weekend in Detroit. And I said the running forward field where they did mm-hmm. WrestleMania 23. So, mm-hmm. you know, as it's become kind of the norm for these big four shows, it's, you know, big venue. We're not doing two nights or nothing, but they're not shying away from there should be a pretty good size crowd in Detroit for SummerSlam with, of course, a main event of Roman Reigns putting everything on the line, all the gold, including the tribal chiefdom apparently is also on the line against Jey Uso. So we have a, a main event that's been brewing since I guess the beginning of the summer, since the, the civil war started, but a, an interesting card. And as always, you know, we don't like to run down every match on a show. Cause that just, you know, everyone does that. We like to focus in on what's got our attention at SummerSlam. So to kick things off, sell us, I'll go to you. SummerSlam weekend, big show, a lot, a lot of ways, you know, Royal Rumble or SummerSlam. A lot of people consider the second big show on the WWE calendar. What's standing out at you this weekend in Detroit? And you know what? I'm gonna surprise you with this one a little bit. It's one match I want to see that's that's dominating my interest, and I want one winner to dominate my interest. Where I want to see him go over, and I want to see Finn Balor take out Seth Rollins. I really think this is a low key, very good storyline that you're doing with the Judgment Day. That I think it's time that you put that belt on Finn to build up that tension of what's going on with the Judgment Day, because really. The Judgment Day has kind of been dominating two shows right now. I really think they could dominate three, but you can't dominate SmackDown right now because, of course, the bloodline has to be the best probably story in wrestling history for WWE. But right now, when you talk about what's going on in Raw, what's going on on NXT, and how Judgment Day is intertwining between those two shows and how they're teasing what those champions are or what they can be, and then you got the cash-in with Damian Priest as an element within the own tension – I really want to see if Finn Balor can take it up because low key, Finn Balor's promo games, his 
his in-ring work and what he's doing within Judgment Day is probably some of the best that I've seen since, you know, he's been in the indies. Um, so I've really got to give it to what Finn Balor is doing. I really want to see him go over here. Okay. Now, this is interesting because back at Money in the Bank, I remember you were calling yep. for a title change there. Yes, I was. A month ago. And at the time, I was definitely like – uh, I think it's a little early. They're trying to get, you know, this new title off the ground. Seth's only had it a month, and this is kind of like the first real feud. Yeah. And in that respect, it is still the first feud still. It's just continuing on now into SummerSlam. But I think I'm coming around to your thinking now. Because mm-hmm. at the time, I was like, ah, I don't know. But now a month later, I'm like, Finn has really stepped his game up, yep. it seems. And I, it's been a while since he's had this kind of momentum. So... You might have won me over on this one where it's like, you know what? It might be time to pull the trigger. And in a lot of ways, I mean, the Judgment Day is already hot, mm-hmm. but this would just make him even that much hotter. And then you got the built-in story with Damian Priest right there next to him. Absolutely. Holding that briefcase. Absolutely. And that's what you got for maybe up until, you know, Survivor Series, if you want to carry up there. Because you can, and I hate to say this, with two long title reigns that's going right now, and I know we'll talk about probably this at some point if somebody brings it up, What's going on with Roman Reigns and it was going on with Guther, you need a belt that's not necessarily a hot potato, but it's okay if you have changes throughout with that belt because you're building up more people to be main event stars. And you got a couple of people on that raw cusp that could be that main event person for about one to two months until you get to WrestleMania season. Oh, yeah. We had tons of time to WrestleMania. So between yep. the whole fall, early winter, before we even get to year end and like Royal Rumble build happening. There's definitely time to switch it up. And if they want to get it back to Seth, they can get it back to Seth. But Absolutely. The Judgment Day momentum, I think, is kind of key right now. Mm-hmm. They can have something special going on. And it's nice to have something other than just a nonstop tribal chiefdom. Yes. You know, yes. Bloodline saga, as it will, you know, going on in WWE. Let's swing over to Giant Crab. Giant Crab, anything on SummerSlam that is catching your eye? The Slim Jim SummerSlam Battle Royal. <laughs> Largely because it could be a big ball of nothing, or it yep. could be the most ridiculous thing we've seen since the Mountain Dew lights out match. Yeah, and and that's that's I'm I'm torn. Like I don't know what I want this match to be. Do I want this uh, match to be like some type of Slim Jim, you know, tie-in where uh, you know everybody has you know. I don't know, some Slim Jim related accident or something like that. Or <laughs> or just a regular battle royal. And then of course, what's I don't know what the point of the battle royal is. Is it for something? Is not the Andre the Giant battle royal because that's a different thing. Yeah. So what exactly is the Slim Jim SummerSlam battle royal? It it's make it make sense. Uh and and I hope that it's something hideously ridiculous. Um, but aside from that, because it's probably going to be a big ball or nothing, um, the one actual match that I think is really interesting is uh, Ricochet versus Logan Paul. Mm. Yes. Mm. Because this match will be – it will play to both of their strengths. Uh, you know, Ricochet being the better wrestler, being the veteran in this match, you know, and Logan Paul being, you know, a, a really athletic guy that can jump, you know, halfway across the ring. We've already seen them, you know, set up their their spot. But can they do that over the course of ten minutes? Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to be a different thing. And 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 obviously, Logan Paul has so much more to prove than Ricochet because he's the one that's going to have to go and not necessarily carry the match, but hold his own against a guy that is you know leaps and bounds a better wrestler than him. We all know on paper. That Ricochet is going to, you know, can work circles around Logan Paul. That's not the question. Question is, can he, he Logan Paul, actually hold up his end of the bargain? And I say that based on the fact that really, he really hasn't worked a traditional match. It's been spot, big spot, rest, big spot, rest, gutsy win. Mm-hmm. He's always done more than what we expect him to. And because we don't expect him to work a match, we don't really know what we're going to get. But now that we're here and, you know, and Ricochet is definitely more than capable. It'd be interesting to see how uh, the maturation of Logan Paul as a wrestler. And that sounds 
ridiculous to think of, but you know, here we are. Yeah, that that match to me, I would think knowing those two and everything they've been doing with all their high spots, it's almost like in my mind, I'm picturing they're going to be trying to create gifts for the whole night in that match. It's going to be yeah. a match based around the craziest spots we can come up with so we can get gifts of it and have it all over the interwebs. That, that, right. That's my speculation is like they're sitting around this week, probably just looking at videos, sending each other stuff. And it's like, can we do this? Can we do this? What's something we could do that hasn't been done before that we can try and pull off, which Lord knows they tried to pull off at uh, Money in the Bank when they tried to do their little both land on the top rope yeah. and then do like a Spanish fly off it through those tables. tables yeah. And it they couldn't sync up the part with the both landing on the top rope at the same time from a ladder, which Lord knows that would take a high degree of difficulty Oof. to nail that at the exact same time. So I can only imagine the stuff that those two might try and in that respect, it's like, then the question becomes, will they pull it off? And also, hell, there's also the question, how much are they going to crash and burn? Yep. <laughs> just, you know, trying to do ridiculous stuff that, that just blow people's minds. So when that, when that's also like, where so the question is like, why give it all away? Mm-hmm. Because if they go through and they burn all of their bridges or maybe Logan burns more of his uh, and, and, and completely empties his bag of tricks and Ricochet, uh, you know, meets him you know, halfway, then what? Because now that we've seen you do the thing, I don't want either of them to become Kofi Kingston and Russell uh, and, and Royal Rumble. Mm. Um, you know, Kofi Kingston is so much more than that spot, but that's all that you talk about when he comes out in the Royal Rumble. And that's a good point. So it will be interesting to see where that line is, where they go between Yes, um, it should be nothing but gifs and nothing but you know TikTok. Um, this, this is gonna be a TikTok match because it's just <laughs> nothing gonna be um, nothing but clips for the match on TikTok. But after that, then what? So maybe, possibly, it's just a pretty subdued, well worked match that ends with a big spot, like it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. to build towards instead of just spoon feeding you with tablespoons of sugar well you've had it already so now what so i really hope that it's the most intriguing you know match to me because it's the one that's the most unpredictable okay yeah no i agree with all that and maybe that'll be the hell lord knows the wwe formula of the time is to be like all right we're you're gonna have your match you're gonna have a lot of drama and all this but just one or two big things that are the standout spots that they can replay a ton of and put all the focus on that as opposed to a half dozen big things that they'd have to divide up attention for so maybe it'll be that i i just keep looking at it as like this that he's getting to work with ricochet so i'm sure they're looking at like there's tons of matches i could have in wwe but this is a guy who is very similar to me and there's opportunities here to do something that I would not be able to do with a Roman Reigns that I would not be able to do with, Oh, a guy like edge or something, or a guy like uh, you know, Seth Rollins. He did a lot with at WrestleMania, but Ricochet is kind of another step up as far as like that kind of agility and just freakish athleticism. So yeah, there's going to have to be at least one. It's just a matter of how much further they're going to take it than that. Now, another thing with that match if you're interested in that match, the word I'm hearing is it's probably going to open the show. I was going to think that too. Yep. Yeah, because his brother's hot. boxing that night. And mm-hmm. so the word I was hearing is that Logan's going to immediately be getting on a plane and flying out of Detroit to try to make it to the fight. I'm assuming they're fighting in Vegas. I don't know if they're fighting somewhere else. Ooh, that's, but, a, that's a tight flight. But I, I think they would go for I thought it was going to go first fight or not, yeah. you know, for his brother. Yeah, the word I was hearing is that's going to open the show. But hell, you never know. So anyway, just something to keep in mind. If you're really excited about that match, be ready on the Peacock at 8 p.m. on Saturday night. So, all right. Neither one of you picked the match I was going to pick. So I'm glad. And I'm not going with the main event. Lord knows. I'm sure plenty of people are excited about the main event. I mean, there's a lot going on there, all the drama. There's a match that snuck up in the last two weeks on me. Ronda Rousey and Mm. Shayna Baszler. Out of nowhere. Just based on the video packages they put together in the last two weeks, and especially this week on Raw, they have sold me on that match 
with doing such a different presentation where like they're delving into the entire history of those two with training together and MMA mm-hmm. and all their background and how Shayna, you know, introduced Ronda to wrestling and then brought her in. And then of course, you know, Ronda just immediately getting shot to the top while Shayna's had to, you know, grind it out all these years on the indies and all this and, you know, feeling unappreciated. And they've done a tremendous job of bringing in like realism into that match that, you know, they were never addressing before this. So mm-hmm. it's only just happened like in the last week or two, but those damn video packages alone, I don't know who put those together that they played on raw, but the two part Shayna Baszler, Ronda Rousey package they showed this week on raw. If you have not seen it, that Ooh. single handedly sold me on that match to the point where I'm like, my God, I'm excited for the first time in ages. I'm excited to see Ronda Rousey in a wrestling match. Cause mm-hmm. this second run, she has been flat. It just has done nothing for me. And here we're at the end of it. I don't think word is she's probably not going to be around much longer. But hell, this match I'm excited to see. It's got me excited about Shayna Baszler for the first time in a long time. And so presenting her, you know, bringing up her legit credentials and like she's getting to promote herself as like you know a killer again. So I'm ex- I am really excited for Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Sell uh, what you, if you've seen those packages, have they, I have. have they caught your attention like they caught mine? They caught my attention, but here's my only kick around to that. I think this is long overdue. I think this should have happened maybe about two years ago when mm-hmm. you had all of them there at the same time in NXT where they was all like, you know, uh, following Shayna. I'm talking about the other girls that was in that package and not just exclusively dealing with Ronda and Shayna. Because I think Shayna was the highest right when she got promoted to the main roster during that time. Because remember, Shayna was really unstoppable in NXT, regardless of who she fought. It was Bianca Belair. It was Mm -hmm. whoever you put in front of her. They could not beat Shayna Baszler. And I think this would have been very much hotter during that time if you kind of put it back during that moment where you had this feud. But once again, you just got to give it to the production team of WWE, have how they edit these promos and videos to make you intrigued in a match. Because half the time, in order to sell a match, you got to sell a story. And the way they put those video packages, as you mentioned, you can sell this story where, like you, now I'm invested in this match. Now, here's the thing, with though. I'm expecting, and everybody's probably expecting Shayna to go over here. But if you put Shayna over, what do you do next? Because you just can't do a video package for SummerSlam match, and then you stop it. You got to build that up to continue to see, are you going to put Shayna um, against uh, – Oh, guess what's about? Uh, what's the name? I'm gonna lose my mind here. Uh, in, in Judgment Day, I'm losing my mind. Mommy, oh, Rhea Ripley, Rhea, Rhea Ripley. If you put her against mommy, are you gonna do again? Do that, or where are you going to book that towards? I didn't even think of that as a possible next match, but you're right. I mean, she's on Raw, and Rhea needs some strong challengers. She because they've been doing the whole deal with Rhea where she just runs through everybody. Yep, you might have just came up with the damn blueprint of the, of the map of where we're going with all this rehab Shayna with this thing with Rhonda and make her a killer again mm-hmm. and then send her after Rhea Ripley. So it's like someone who's, you know, not, not the typical WWE girl that we've been seeing that yep. Rhea has been able to run through in like, you know, a couple minutes. So Sellis might be a, might be booking the fall here for WWE right I'm there. I'm trying to help you out. WWE put me as a writer. <laughs> I'm not on strike. Lord knows we've had things that have been said on this show that suddenly start happening and uh, start percolating here and there. Crab, any thoughts on that before we, uh, or we gonna move on to other stuff? Eh, I mean, uh, you know, sure, but it's not something that – it doesn't feel like a big-time SummerSlam match, so I don't know. I, I, I was hoping for a little bit more from them, you know? I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, they're doing MMA rules for that, so who knows what that's going to – entail if it just means yeah is joe rogan gonna be there now are they gonna are they gonna bring out the i want them to bring out the lion's den cage from back mm-hmm. in the day <laughs> that they had steve blackman in and they had it like off to the side in the corner of the building they're like mini octagon they used to have so of course that's so why i mentioned that on people know they just need to have the fight pit and i'm like nah the fight pit's too gimmicky with the two levels for Shayna yeah. and ronda and he's like if you're gonna do mma rules put them in the lion's den so they gotta have that in the warehouse somewhere and run that back the old ken shamrock Dan Severin and uh, Steve Blackman days when we first had MMA in WWE during the Attitude Era. So, I don't know. Any other thoughts on SummerSlam? Or are we moving on? Do we want to say anything about the main event? Hell, let's hit this because we can't can't talk SummerSlam and not bring this up. Is this it? Is Jey Uso going to do it? Is he the guy? No. Uh, Shaking your head now? No. 
What you got you, you got to continue the story. And I was listening to some other podcasts today, and I'll say this: the way it's looking like now, because right now we're in August, and I see how this is going. What I do want to happen is I want more family members to be a part of this match. I'm expecting Jimmy to be back in this match to affect it somehow. I maybe see a solo, a solo swerve in this match uh, to make you think, okay, are you with Roman? Are you with your brothers? What's going on? But at this point, it's going to have to be Roman futuristic for Cody at WrestleMania 40. I, I, the only person I can see taking off the belt of Roman, if it's not The Rock, is, is probably Cody Rhodes. You're sticking with Cody. I'm sticking right. with Cody. Thoughts on the main event, Crab? Well, why is this the main event? Because, I'm with you on that one. I'm with you, but it's because, the story. I mean, I mean, okay. So let me just answer the actual question first. Let's assume that this is the main event. Um, I don't think this is where the story ends. Um, I think Roman's first loss needs to happen at WrestleMania. Um, I think that if if his first loss doesn't happen, or his first singles loss, or he loses the title, rather, let's just go with that because I think he has lost in a match before. But not, you know, directly. Either way, uh, he loses the title. It can't happen anywhere other than WrestleMania. I don't know why it wouldn't happen there. And then you, because you also have, who's going to win the Royal Rumble? That's that's the thing, too. That's and I thing. believe, and I correct me if I'm wrong, is that there's another thing that they have before WrestleMania that gives somebody a shot. I think at Fastlane or something like that. Chain, yeah, lim- oh, elimination yeah, chamber. yeah, Elimination Chamber, something like that. And we're well, back to else has titles. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Um, and then, of course, there's the Money in the Bank uh, briefcase holder. So why take that? Uh, why take Roman out of the picture now? And because if that's the case, and it's not a burial of Roman, but if that's the case, you take him out of the picture now, you have Survivor Series and the Royal Rumble coming up within the next three months. Yep. What does he do then? So I I think you kind of got to keep it going. Um, You know, not the SummerSlam isn't a big deal. And I'm glad that it's in a football stadium. I'm glad that, you know, 50,000 people are going to be there and the whole weekend and all that good stuff, too. But it ain't WrestleMania. Mm -mm. And I think that that's the space where it kind of has to happen. Um, Now, who dethrones him and whatever, that's still a question for WrestleMania. Um. I don't know how I want it to play out yet because it would be interesting if Damian Priest just says, fuck it, and just, you know, cashes in and does a thing on everybody. Obviously, there's room for The Rock to be brought in in some capacity. Obviously, there's room for, you know, Solo to turn or, um, you know, Jimmy to turn or, or Cody Rhodes to come in and, and interject. And um, why end that now? And that's, that's, what, that's why I think SummerSlam might not be the move and uh, do they have another Saudi show this year coming up? Yeah, I believe October. so. October, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that, so that was October. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I still think so. They got to say they got to sell that. So you have Survivor Series, which could be uh, your Romans uh, gang versus the Usos gang. It could be uh, the Royal Rumble coming up. You have a Saudi show to sell. Um, I don't think you do that without involving Roman because if he loses, he goes away. He has to go away. I don't think Roman loses and then comes back the next night on Raw. I want a rematch. Well, yeah, there's there's no point in him losing the belts just to win it back like a month later. Not when you're on this huge streak. Yep. When the streak ends, he's got to go away for a while. For a while. Exactly. And, and knowing, knowing that that has to be the case, if it's August now and then we have uh, October, November, January, I think Roman's got to keep it until at least the Royal Rumble. Agreed. So at least at the Royal Rumble, which is what we said last year, they can do a thing, get it out of the way, and then have a fresh right race towards WrestleMania. Um, Elimination Chamber's in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just set up this block for WrestleMania. But right now, I, I think you got to run with it at least to the end of the year. Agreed. All right. Stay in the course. My now, thinking now, is this. Now, the real question is, <laughs> elephant in the room, why is this the main event? Because if it were me, and this may be blasphemous, but if it's not Rollins versus Balor for an actual title, then what are we talking about? 
I, I agree with you, Crabby. I think the only reason why they want to, and I agree with you, I don't think it should be the main event. Now, that, that 9.30, 9.45 mid-level main event, sure. But sure. I'm thinking the story of is the tribal chief going to lose his reigns is the story why it's the main event. But I agree with you. It doesn't need to be the main event for this one. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, I'm, I'm done. I didn't realize it was for the universal title. It is. It I is. thought it, I thought tribal combat was the match. I didn't know that yeah. the match tribal was, combat the was a title fan, match. Tribal combat seems to be just fancy talk for saying no DQ. Yes. You know, they're they're oh, going to okay. be able to do okay. stuff. But, you know, everything is on the line. There's having okay. the, the titles are on the line and the tribal chiefdom thing around his neck that symbolizes tribal chief. They're adding that as an added layer because of the family aspect. So Okay. I yeah. didn't know that. I, I didn't know that an actual because I thought I just thought it was for the rights to the house or whatever <laughs> you get with the yeah. king of the chief. island, right? Right. Um, I thought it was for that. I didn't. But realize I, I will still stand too. with that though. To me, and, and once again, I, I understand it's the story, but the way this story coming from Money in the Bank to now, I, I I'm not saying this has to be the top thing for this show. But I know the story will put it at the main event. But I, when you said that, I can kind of understand why you would think that, regardless if it was for the title or not. Right. Now, now the question is, of course, if you uh, you end the night with your main event. And mm-hmm. let's say that the main event is uh, Roman versus uh, Jey Uso. However that match ends is irrelevant. Is there a point, no matter who wins the World Heavyweight Championship match, which one would think would precede it, Receive the main event. Let's say the Balor wins, and he is your new uh, champion. No matter who wins the Universal Championship, do we have this, uh, you know, thought of not necessarily um, integrating the titles again, but if Jay Uso is actually crowned the new, newly crowned the Tribal Chief for what it's worth. And Ben Finn Balor comes out with his newly won belt. Do we set up a title versus title thing? You know, do, do we set up, you know, how, how does that play in? Because that's the problem that we've been saying with the World Heavyweight Championship is it's it's the A title versus the uh, and the B title, and they're all on the same level. So how do you justify both of them now that Roman's out of the picture? That's true. When supposedly even in storyline, it was created because Roman won't come to Raw and defend the title. So we need to have we need to have a title that's available for the people that are here all the time. So right. <laughs> so so it they unified be- one, and then they and then they split it, and then they're you know I'm not saying they unified again, but I'm just saying like how do you justify having uh, a one A champion and a universal champion? Yeah. It'd be a really, and thinking about that, you just made me think, it's like Jay Uso with the Universal title and Finn Balor with the World Heavyweight title. That would be a really different top mix in WWE. From right. what we've asked. Mm-hmm. That would be very unique, those two on top. Right. Not that they wouldn't deserve it, but it's just more to the point of how, how do you justify the existence of one or the other? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because even the Universal Championship, and granted, they did combine the two belts, and make it into one again. Um, it, it's still like, and that's also another thing too. Uh, now that we have uh, whoever the wins the tribal combat, can anybody, you know, vie for that title as well? <laughs> can we have a someone from off island challenge for the king of the island title? <laughs> right. Like, oh, man. Know, like, is like Samoa Joe, you know, coming or you know, I Jeff think, I think it's. Things too busy with Twisted Metal right now. Ah, that, well, maybe. <laughs> All right, there we go. We're almost at our halfway point. This is a perfect time to switch gears here. So stick with us, folks. When we come back after our commercial break, we're going to have the Indie Wrestling Spotlight that we always like to hit on. Yep. And then we'll switch gears, get into this ESPN Top 30 Under 30 list, and talk some AEW on the second half of our show. Stay with us, folks. Your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast will be back right after this big gold belt media is your golden standard for all of your media needs visit biggoldbelt.com for pro wrestling info movies comics and even more digital content on all of your social medias follow us at big gold belt all across the board listen to this show and more on your soundcloud or wherever you get your podcasts 
Welcome back, folks, to your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. At the halfway point of the night, we like to check out what's going on on the indies. So here's the Giant Crab with your indie wrestling spotlight. And next weekend, we go to San Antonio, Texas. It's Mission Pro Wrestling. Uh, I haven't seen a Mission Pro show in a minute, and I'm glad that they are back at it. It's uh, August 12th. Mission Pro Wrestling presents Boiling Point. That's 5 p.m. Uh, local time, 6 p.m. Uh, bell time, 5 p.m. if you're a VIP ticket. 6 p.m. bell time. You can get your tickets at missionprowrestling.com. Uh, it will be streamed live on Title Match Network, uh, title match, titlematchnetwork.com. Uh, but they're having Boiling Point August 12th, and that's next Saturday, 6 p.m. bell time, at the Salvation Army Mission Corps, 3802 Southwest Military Drive in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, a lot of your, your Mission Pro your regulars on the uh, on the card, you know, Maddie Rinkowski, our, our Rachelle Cheney, uh, you know, a lot of. I didn't know that Izzy was on the card either, but apparently she. Oh jeez. Yeah, yeah, she's Izzy's working matches. She's working matches. She's uh, facing Jasmine Allure, uh, who's you know, good good for Izzy, yeah, getting it done. But Mission Pro Wrestling, they've uh, done a hell of a lot of work out there in, in the South Central Texas Hill Country area, uh, San Antonio. But it's August twelfth. It's Boiling Point. You can watch it on Title Match or be there at the Salvation Army, 3802 Southwest Military Drive in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, you can get your tickets at missionprowrestling.com or uh, check them out on the Twitter at or, or on the X. No, fuck it, the Twitter uh, <laughs> at Mission Pro WRES. Uh, Mission Pro WRES on the social media shenanigans. So uh, that's next weekend, Mission Pro Wrestling Boiling Point, the trendy spotlight for this week. There you go. The bird lives on here. We will keep calling it Twitter. I have not updated my app on my phone. I'm going to wait and see how long before it breaks and I can't use it anymore. But the bird lives on on my devices. There is no X here. So <laughs> that's what I'm doing. We're going to stand tall with the bird after all these years. Mm-hmm. All right. This morning, an interesting list dropped that created a lot of discussion. Lists are always kind of what they are. Lists are lists. are always kind of odd and sure. You know, they're always trying to create you know discussion and social media interaction but this one was kind of out of nowhere with espn's top 30 wrestlers under 30 is what came out out of of, they haven't done this before it's the first time they've done it and they're hinting at they might be doing this more often so i don't think we need to run down all 30 but the top 10 is pretty interesting and i guess there's some highlights in there elsewhere that folks want to bring up we can get into that but how about let's let's take a look at the top 10 Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hit our general thoughts. So sure. going from 10 up is what I'll do here. Number 10, we have Logan Paul. My. Discussed earlier. <laughs> Thank you. Logan Paul making the top. And this is not, now we're not talking companies. We're talking across the board here. This is supposed to be across the board, all available people. So Logan Paul at number 10. Liv Morgan at number nine. Uh, Kanesuke Takashita at number eight. Carmelo Hayes at number seven, Braun Breaker at six, Dominic Mysterio, Dirty Dom gets number five, El Hijo del Vikingo gets number four, Austin Theory at number three, I have some thoughts on that for sure, and your top two, Rhea Ripley at two, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, NJF at number one. If we want to get anyone else in the top 30, we can, but that's your top 10 crab i'm gonna go to you first initial thoughts <laughs> who, who do you want to snipe off here <laughs> look, look, look. look i mean first of all it, it's a list and right. uh yeah popular uh, lists are, are popular and i'm not going to sit up here and pretend that um espn is watching all hours of, of wrestling from all over the world and have searched high and low right. to compile this list um, if you look at the people that they have from different promotions, um, you have uh, New Japan, AEW, uh, Impact, um, you know, more so New stardom. Japan, Stardom, uh, you know, one guy from NOAA, uh, a lot more AEW, a lot more NXT, a lot more Stardom, and WWE, and then, of course, number one being uh, from AEW, and number two being Rhea Ripley. I didn't see anybody from CMLL. I didn't see anybody from any of the major indies. No CZW, no Defy, 
no major indie talent that are that are actually that are working. So it's not really a matter of like, oh no, ESPN, how could you not put this list? Well, they don't they clearly don't watch 90% of wrestling. They watch the things that they have subscriptions to. And they and somebody has a peacock subscription. <laughs> somebody watches Dynamite. Somebody, because they watch Dynamite, they know what New Japan is, um, and so on. Uh, one thing I will say is that Jordan Grace uh, made the list of number 24, so mm-hmm. good for her. Um, I think that's a, that's solid. But it really comes down to, like, how do you put X over Y? Because if you're telling me that at number 26, Ilya Dragunov is that much worse than Logan Paul, <laughs> I'm going to ask what kind of crack you're smoking, then I'm calling the DEA. Right. <laughs> if you're telling me that Daniel Garcia, Masha Slamovich, and Dan- and uh, Tyler Bate, 27, 28, 20, 27, 29, 28, in that order, are that much worse, you know, than than Logan Paul. And again, it's easy to point out Logan Paul mm-hmm. because he's because he's Logan Paul. But they also put him in number ten. I mean, and even still, they say that Liv Morgan's better than Logan Paul. Don't get me wrong. Liv has absolutely, um, you know, come a long way. She's come a very long way. Liv Morgan is not a top 10 wrestler from New Jersey. No. (laughs) No. But she's a top 10 under 30? Out of all of wrestling, she's a top 10 under 30. I don't know how that's possible because there's so many... Liv Morgan's better than Wesley. She's better than Tony Storm. She's better than Bandito. She's better than Jamie Hayter. And the list goes on and on. That's the problem with the list. It's not necessarily that um, the list is fundamentally trash. It's just that how do you justify X over Y? And that's that's what the debate is. And, that, and it is what it is. I'm not going to say that, like, oh, my God, you know, they, they did a thing and they've committed a war, a war crime. But it is kind of like, make it make sense, ESPN. Yeah. Make it make sense indeed. <laughs> I think Logan Paul at 10 caught a lot of people's attention. The one that got Austin Theory at number three. I don't care if he's been U.S. champ for a darn long time. Austin Theory's been doing the same stuff forever. My problem with Austin Theory is just he has been the same guy for, it feels like, years now. There's like no growth. There's no change. He's just dead, dead. He's at this level and he just stays there. No, 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 no growth. No anything from me. So I'm just like, ah, he, he may be a guy that clearly they like up there, but number three, but then right. again, the list is a list. Sell us get in here. <laughs> yeah. So I was going to say that list is the list. I, I'm just really interested in what were their, let's say top three parameters they use by this list. Um, and I'll even throw two people. I'm going to make this a judgment they show for me. Uh, Dominant Mysterio at number five is a little bit surprising to me. Yes, he's been surging lately, but his in-ring work still needs a little bit more development. So would you put that up there? But I know he gets huge reactions. Mm-hmm. So are you using that more on the reaction standpoint of what Twitter or just the atmosphere of him being in arenas? Or are you going about wrestling ability? Honestly, if I had my choice, I would put Rhea Ripley as number one for me. Um, I think Rhea Ripley has shown from where she started to where she is now, she is legitimately one of the best wrestlers that we have out here. Man, woman, or indifferent, you know, I, I think she is one of the best. You can't argue with MJF because of what he is and being a world champion, <laughs> but I still wouldn't put him as number one, though. Um, Rhea Ripley, for me, is is that person I feel should be number one. Rhea let me, definitely let me this. I mean, real, real quick, let me read from the list because we were talking about Criterion. Yeah. And this is what they say. Below is our list of the 30 best pro wrestlers under the age of 30. The rankings were based on merit rather than future potential, which is far more subjective. Hmm. The criteria included, uh, their criteria included drawing power, popularity, skills. I don't know what skills means, but skills. Um, to pay the bills, I would presume. But mm-hmm. a position on the roster, accomplishments, including championships, tournament victories, about a dozen, a dozen different promotions are represented in some way over multiple countries. So let's let's just let's just get it out of the way right now. You are booked to be 
what you are. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there are there, there's a lot of talent, and we can spend the rest of the show going over talent that are so criminally underrated, but because they don't have a TV-ready gimmick, their ceiling is made of lead instead of glass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of guys that should be on TV right now. There are a lot of people that, as a fan of AEW, that I go, Jesus H, why haven't you signed this person or that person? Why did it take so long to sign Willow Nightingale, for example? Um, you know, she's so good. She's so, but they didn't. Hell, she so, ain't even on the list. Nope. Which is baffling, but yeah. fine. So I can't say that, like, it's a popularity contest. Yep. Yep. Um, if you put Friedman at number one, okay, cool. AW champion, blah, blah, blah. But he's Tony Khan's golden boy. So what what makes him the guy? Because if that's the case, Austin Theory should be number three or whatever he was because he was Vince McMahon's guy. They're mm-hmm. both very similar in that respect, that they Absolutely. are push guys that are very protected, that their respective, you know, top, you know, owners of the companies see a big future in. So there, right. there's a lot of parallels there between MJF and Austin Theory. Yep. Right, so, so if you have a person that is um, put in the position to succeed, and they do, then does that make them better than a person that had to go out and physically build a name for themselves? And when you have the bad, the blessing of of the, the locker room or, or, or corporate or uh, the you know the booker, then you you goddamn right you better do it. Now, granted, mm-hmm. yes, Dominic at number five is no. But I'll admit his gains. I'll admit what he's, you know, what he's doing. But that's also kind of a thing. Where does the weight come in? Yep. Because if you have a person that is absolutely murdering it in impact, but impact is seen by more sheep than people, does that make them lesser? Because they're the a big fish in a small pond. Does Dominic Mysterio is Dominic Mysterio uh, better? Braun Breaker number six is also baffling. Yeah, but I mean, is 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 Dom Mysterio that much better than Dragon Lee? Is he that much better than Deanna Parazzo, Dragon Off, uh, Wheel of Yuta? You know, people at the bottom of the list. Yeah, what makes him that much better? And well, because of his reaction to the crowd. Well, they put him in a position to succeed. Yep. So it's not a meritocracy. You know, the popular kids. Are at the top of the list, so let's understand this, you know, for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unfortunately, ESPN took the most popular companies, looked at the most popular guys, and said, "Yeah, we like them. We're no shit." And that's 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 where that's that's why I don't that's why I don't get into the list because because if it were based on like the work, you know, how long you've been doing it, you know, is this list would be very different. So let, let me ask you this though. <laughs> if we know what the list is, and if you, you go into ESPN, you can read the list yourself. Who give me two people that you think there should be on the list that didn't make it. Definitely oh. Willow Nightingale. Mm-hmm. And, and the, all the growth she's had in the last like two years. Organically. I, 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 yeah. Organ- exactly. But fighting a true uphill battle to get Absolutely. to where she, to where she got. Cause we've been talking about her for ages now. And just right. her organic like likability and how she just lights up a room, you know, whether it's on the indies or on TV. It's like that was always the thing with her is like, would it translate to TV? And it absolutely does. So absolutely, Willow. Celis, you got an idea for a number two? I was I've been thinking. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's hard. This is hard. Um, let me let me just say for clarification that Willow Nightingale, Willow Nightingale is 29. So she, 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 she makes the cut. Though? So she makes the cut. Then. She absolutely would make the cut. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to think. Uh, I like that Jordan Grace made it on there. I think that's good. And Deanna and Deanna both. But it's not like Deanna. Jordan Grace wasn't a major figure in Impact. Right. Yeah. Trying so it's not, like, and, and it's, you know, and there's so many companies that they didn't name, also. So, uh, so for me, uh, I'll give you uh, Miyu Watanabe. Who uh, is uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling out there in Japan? 
Um, she has, she's an international princess champion, uh, tag team champion. Uh, she's won a, a tag team tournament last year. Uh, she's only 23. Got so, the credentials. There yeah, so she's absolutely been killing it ever since she got on there. Um, a, a better known name who's kind of currently doing like a uh, an extended tour of the U.S. is um, uh, Miyu Yamashita. Mm, yeah. She's been absolutely killing it. She's 28, um, but she's been killing it in Tokyo Joshi Pro, three-time Princess of the Prince of Champion, uh, you know, tag champion with Maki Ito. Um, uh, just a, a, definitely a namesake, a namesake in, um, in Tokyo Joshi Pro, uh, one of the best they got out there. Um, and I'll give you one more bonus pick, Jordan Oliver, who's absolutely been killing it for a very long time, um, doing a lot of good work for GCW. Um, another one of those really young guys that have just come in and immediately made a big splash, like Nick Wayne. Right. Uh, Jordan Oliver is in that conversation as well. Um, it's just, you know, like like when you look for those guys, you know, you really got to look out for, for guys like them. Who, I got one for you. I got one for, I don't know if he was on the list now, maybe Jet Knight. And that's just a personal fan favorite for me, Kevin Knight. Um, yeah, he's not, he, he's not on there. He's on the list. No, and, and I think he's very underrated where if people understood, like, like you said, it's about chances, right? If you get in good situations where people can promote and book you the right way, then you'll do that. I think he hasn't had that chance yet. And I think now he's coming on in new Japan and to see what happens He's under 30? Yeah, he's under 30. Okay. Yep, he's under 30. He's definitely a guy whose stock has gone up in Mm -hmm. the last few months. Summer's been very kind to him, like a lot of people on this list. So, interesting. Interesting. Yep, 26 years old. 26. Like, it's a list. These lists are always weird like that because they have their criteria, but they don't give you any idea of, like, are they weighting some stuff more than other stuff? And it's, like, it's also vague. But I guess it's how you create discussion. Well, you they said you have to have and, skills, so there you right, go. Yeah. Right, skill. The the wide category of skills. Yeah, skills. Yes. <laughs> oh boy, there you go. Well, they said they're going to keep this going, so we'll we'll see how they uh what ESPN does with this. They seem to be expanding their wrestling coverage, so they they're doing more wrestling coverage than hockey, so yeah. <laughs> So we will see. We will see where ESPN goes with uh, their lists and their 30 under 30 who to watch and all that kind of stuff. So, all right, let's switch gears to the last topic of the night that we wanted to get into. And we'll see if we have any extra time left for anything else. But we are now less than a month away. We are down to maybe 24 or so days because it's the end of the month when it happens. There's this big show happening in Wembley that has a ton of tickets sold that we just found out the main event for last night. And other than that, we don't really know much of anything about it. It's going to happen on pay-per-view. We know that now it's not going to be on a TV or streaming or anything else that we possibly speculated, but AEW is about to have one of the biggest shows in wrestling in a very long time. And possibly in some respects, one that might break a ton of records. They're already kind of talking about it as the biggest show in wrestling ever. So, uh, but the lack of info about what exactly is going on with all in is very strange to me. So less than a month out, the state of all in is the topic. We know the main event now, MJF and Adam Cole, which I'm just kind of like, uh, doesn't do much for me. They've been building to it, but it is what it is. But other than that, that's all we know about this show. So I guess first question, what should this show be? They've smoothed all these tickets. So in some ways, I'm kind of like, well, they don't need to sell tickets. They already sold them. So mm-hmm. I guess they're still got to sell pay-per-views. Now it's a pay-per-view. So there should be some incentive to put together matches that people want to see. But let's just go to Crab first. Well, what do you think this show should be? What should All In be with this mammoth crowd they're going to have at Wembley? I think in general, um, you have... I was kind of concerned that I really think that it should be a two night all in, mm. uh, you know, a night one. And just because they're a week apart, doesn't mean that they're not, you know, different nights, but night one should flow into night two. Okay. And I think that to make it a special week, 
because you have all in on Sunday. Right. I want to say. And then that means you have collision the night before live on Saturday. Right. Possibly. I don't know if that means collision is going to be in the UK as well. Or if they're going to tape collision, um, you know, earlier and just air it or what that looks like. But presumably you have Rampage taped on Friday. Collision live on Saturday, possibly. Mm -hmm. The pay-per-view live on pay-per-view Sunday. Right. And then you have three days off, Wednesday, Friday, and then, of course, next collision live, and then the next pay-per-view, which is Labor Day, Labor Day weekend. Right. So now I think... That's that's a lot of stuff when you lay it out like that. Yeah, so that's a good week to flow into each other. And I think... Personally, if I were booking it, I would book it as a multiple night week long show where I think it would be a good uh, possibility to set up a tournament of some sort. You know, Khan loves tournaments. Um, You can have, you know, a match that starts on one show, ends on another show. You can, there's a lot of different things to play because now instead of booking, you know, these shows individually, you are booking them as a one week long event, kind of like the 24 hours of Le Mans. It's mm. not, you know, a two day race. No, it's 24 consecutive hours. Uh, could you imagine the amount of storytelling that would have to go into booking 40 hours of shows as a one forty hour show? That would be unprecedented. And I think for so that neither side could slight it because obviously you're going to have people on in the UK going to the show and they're going to see a thing. Do you shortchange them because you don't want to blow your uh, your your wad on that show and then have it being slighted by All In? We've already seen what that looks like, and that's what happened between Double or Nothing and uh, Forbidden Door, which is a couple weeks later. If you're making me choose. To spend 50 bucks on one of them, because I only got 50 bucks to spend. Do I spend it on Double or Nothing, or do I spend it on Forbidden Door? Mm-hmm. Well, Forbidden right. Door has more entry because it's a once-a-year event, where Double or Nothing is just a very special dynamite. Well, Forbidden Door it is. But now that we're here with All In and All Out, which do you spend your money on? Well, I think if you tell the story as one long show over the course of a week, you're writing the show as a miniseries, basically, then you don't really have a choice but to be an all-in on the whole package. Hmm. And I think it would be smart if they if they, if they they could do it that way, you sell the thing as one pay-per-view for 80 bucks. Uh-huh. You get two shows for 80 bucks or right. you know, one for 50 or whatever the package deal is, whatever. But if it's that big, that's something that's never happened before. Because even WrestleMania is night one and night two. It's not WrestleMania. Right. WrestleMania is just 15 matches over the course of two nights. I'm saying this should be one show over the course of seven days. Hmm. That would be absolutely bananas, batshit crazy levels of storytelling. I'm not even sure what that story looks like. But it would be interesting to end a show... And, and and I just think it's interesting to pick up a, a match and suspend a match until the next show. People will be livid. They'll be riots <laughs> in the street. If you had a title match that went 60 minutes and they said, well, give me five more minutes. Cool. On Wednesday. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're going to yeah. pick it up there. We're going to pick it up back in the States. <laughs> right. Or we're going to pick it up in a week at All Out. Hell, do, now, do you do that? Do you do a deal where... WWE tried this back in the day. That Survivor Series 1990. It was 90. When they did Big Angle on Survivor Series, convoluted finish. We're going to run it back on Tuesday in Texas on a cheap pay-per-view to run back the main event. Where they really, But you didn't know it going into the show that there was another show coming. Didn't do that well. Because it was just so last minute. And even with like a cheap like $15 price tag for the second show, you know, people weren't looking to open their wallet twice. This well, is a bit different because we know going in, there's two two shows. And I like your idea of if you sell it as a package, 
I like the idea of $50 each show separate, 80 for you get the double deal and you get 20 bucks off. That's what they should do. I like that idea. Yeah, they should do that regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Because two shows, as high priced as these shows are, it's going to be a tough sell. And all the all the curiosity factor going in is on this Wembley one. All Out is like, you know, who knows? It's, it's the end of the thing. It's the end of the week. So who even knows what that's going to be? But yeah, if you somehow do it to where it all goes together. But I think right. they're going to have to make that clear going into all this. I don't think they can well, do something where, you know, but the again, Wembley the show story can be the story. I don't have a problem with that because you have, uh, yeah, Ricky Starks is on a rampage. Um, right. You know, who, why wouldn't he want to challenge a major title at the end of it? Well, I'll see you in a week. I'll give you a week to prepare. Um, okay. But then again, you also have three shows that you got to get through. You got to get through five hours of content. And so why not just carry that over? Um, that's why I, I think that if they could, you know, do it that way, there's a lot more content for women, um, you know, to get that oh, going. God, they better have some women's matches. They Oof. better. I mean, they're going to have, but that's the thing. They're going to have some women's matches, but they better have more than two. Yeah, there's no excuse on time with this there's, many there's, hours right. to fill. You yeah. literally have 50 hours to to get this thing going from start to finish. This isn't a 9.30 spot on a Wednesday. This is part of the thing that you've been telling if you've been paying attention for the past 35 hours before we get to this moment right now and then it goes into the future. This could be the mini mini series mega event of the year if they sell it as a week-long event that you have to watch in all of the parts. I, I'm, I'm just saying, if they Star Wars this damn thing <laughs> and, or Lord of the Rings this damn thing and take the story and give us the story over the course of a week, I don't know how well it's going to work, but goddamn, it'd be fun to try. I sell us thoughts. It's, that's a hell out of the box idea we got here. Very much so. Very much so. And I'm going to keep this quick and simple. I think AEW is resting on their laurels that we are bringing wrestlers that UK has always wanted to see, but never got a chance to see. And they're just using that as a big wrestling event that they want to use. I love the idea of your part series. If you put that 40 hours a week, uh, 40 hour uh, show within a couple of days or several days for that. I just don't think they're going to do it. They're just saying, Hey, look who we got here. You haven't seen them in a while, or you've never seen them at all here live in the UK. We're just going to put on a great wrestling match. And the MGF versus Adam Cole is what we're going to sell it on. I think they're going to keep it simple. <laughs> Hayden's outside adventures says, yo. So, Hey, yo, Hayden's Outside Adventures. Hey, thanks, yo. For, thanks for tuning in tonight as we get into the, the final minutes of this week's show. But yeah, I, I, I like the idea kind of. I do. I love to it. Do, to do something totally different with this idea of you got two big pay-per-views kind of bookending the week. Mm-hmm. The one the one at the beginning that's just going to be this huge you know stadium show unlike anything we've seen in ages. And then kind of the mystery of what the Chicago show will be at the other end. And Lord knows, you know, they, they kind of got the whole thing now, but they got, they got the two title situation going on. So yep. how's that going to play into things? Are we kind of going to do it? Are they, you think maybe they do some deal where now we know MJF's on the first show defending the title. You think they do a deal where CM Punk only defends his title on a, the Chicago show. They kind of split the titles up one title on each show. Maybe that's, that's a good point. Not sure, but that's a good point. Mm, all right. I don't know. I guess we'll see. We're weeks away now. It's, the big thing that was getting me is like, we're this close to this all, you know, coming. We're a month out. We just don't know a lot. So I'm, I'm ready. I want to get excited, but I need something to get excited about. So, all right. We'll see. Wembley show coming. We'll be talking about a lot this month. Crab wants to talk about a very spicy tweet that's caused a lot of a uh, drama this week and a very interesting interview that I read that sheds a lot of light on the backstage situation in AEW. So, Crab, get in here talking about uh, Lufisto and her right. experience. So, about uh, 45 minutes ago, uh, and I'm going to make this quick, but about 45 minutes ago, uh, Lufisto, uh, who is uh, one of my favorite wrestlers, uh, you know, period, but she's long-time indie stalwart. Another one that should be on TV. Another but one. that's <laughs> a different conversation for a different day. But she says... Uh, had a one-hour phone call with a current AEW talent. The women who are, are who actually addressed the problems I did today were the ones sent home by Tony Khan. 
there was a meeting to shoot on Thorne DeRosa that Khan attended. Before leaving, he reminded them that their segments were the lowest. When some girls arranged a meeting to talk about Baker's crew, one of them ran to Britt to let her know the girls wanted to address the problems where the worms punished. Things didn't get better. They got worse. Legitimate wrestlers believe that Tony doesn't give a damn about women's wrestling and feel that they're going back to the Divas era. Ask me who the fuck I am. Tell me I'm irrelevant. Tell me that I'm doing this for attention. Call me a liar. Tell me to kill myself. But if you keep on closing your eyes, supporting supporting human beings with shitty behavior, with the messages of support, especially this phone call that I received from AEW employees, this nobody did the right thing. And the mm. right thing that she is saying is when she uh, made a statement uh, a, a while ago, maybe a week or so ago, um, talking about how um, she's not working for, you know, AEW. She's kind of got blown off. A lot of backstage politicking, um, you know, a lot of, um, you know, nepotism and, 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 and things that we've heard, things that we've definitely heard uh, about backstage politics in wrestling in general. Um, July 27th, the original tweet was, and I quote, it's cute how people blame booking for a bad women's division. Talent with too much power, talent denigrating each other, talent ta trash talking each other, trash talking potential employees so they never get in as soon as they walk in. It starts here. Signed, the one you called effing French Canadian asshole. She's from Montreal. So that's a conversation that we'll definitely pick up uh, next week. But the long and short of it is, is that we've heard this story before. Mm -hmm. This sounds like what Big Swole said in her mm -hmm. in their interview. All of them New Year's that New Year's Eve uh, yep. a couple years ago. Yep. And unfortunately, it sounds like a lot of the uh, same uh, elements haven't changed. Behind the scenes, even though on the surface, it seems that, you know, the the wolf wants you to believe that everything's good. Yep. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this story develops. Watch this space for more details. But uh, we'll definitely have a deeper dive into the conversation about women's wrestling in both WWE, because there's been some rumblings over there, too, mm -hmm. and in AEW, in spite of the fact that they, they crowned a new women's champion in Hikaru Shida. Was that done as a response to this bad press? Was that always the plan? Does is Khan suddenly trying to save face because she has been running back and forth to Japan, you know, every other week doing her acting thing with her uh, acting troupe Makai? So now she that she's woman's champion, is she taking the woman's belt to Japan, working shows over there? So. It is uh, an interesting development that I just came across uh, a little while ago. So uh, we'll gather more information and report back to you next week. But uh, I just wanted to throw that in there before we got out of here. Heck yeah, that is breaking just in the last hour. So an interesting day for Lufisto between mm -hmm. the interview she did today concerning all this. And now that like, I think Big Swole probably tonight is uh, got, a, got a smile on her face because what, stuff is uh, still bubbling it's been, it's been over a year now. It's It's been, I don't know. We've heard these stories before. So we shall see. Thursday right. night, 8 p.m., folks, next week. And we will follow up on this and uh, women's wrestling, on, I guess, around the world. Because Lauren knows, like you said, there's stuff happening in WWE, too, with the mm -hmm. state of the women's matches on SummerSlam. So we'll have that to talk about. We'll have AEW to talk about and where things stand there. Next Thursday night, 8 p.m., your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast streaming right here. Twitch, YouTube, social media platforms all over the place. Friday morning, you can get the show in podcast form on all your favorite podcast platforms. And don't forget to check us out on all the social medias at Big Gold Belt, Twitter, Instagram, Threads, maybe the Blue Sky. I don't know if we're on the Blue Sky yet. I want to get on the Blue Sky. So if you have a Blue Sky invite, send it my way. I would like to check that out. But we're on all the social medias at Big Gold Belt and, of course, the website at BigGoldBelt.com. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight, folks. We'll see you next week. And until then, watch some wrestling. Lots of stuff going on this weekend between SummerSlam and our on the road to Wembley. We'll see you then.